Welcome back, listeners, to the Indie LA Experience, your new destination for discovering independent artists and emerging talent in Los Angeles. I'm your co-host, Aaron Van Cleve. And I'm Marcus Johnson. This season on the podcast, we've expanded to feature more artists from all trades. Whether you're into music, food, art, or film, this show has something for you. And this season is really special because our vision from season one is taking form. The response from our listeners has helped develop our community of artists and establish the Indie LA Network. People are sharing the podcast, interacting with one another, and that's really what the experience is all about. Whether you're joining us for the first time or you've been with us from the start, thanks for tuning in to the Indie LA Experience. Without those connections, I wouldn't be in Los Angeles right now. I don't think I'd be doing this at all. Over here, like, it's been really interesting being over here and seeing the way that people are, like, so driven and, like, really put their all into their projects. All right, we're here in the studio with singer-songwriter and voice actor Nixie. Thanks for being on the podcast with us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we want to get right into it. We want to hear about how you got into music, what got you started, and how everything's going so far. All right. Well, I mean, my family has always been really into music. Um, my mom's side of the family was always really into the musicals in particular, and my dad grew up uh, really into like hard rock, heavy metal, that kind of stuff. Um, so I was raised in a household in which music was always playing my dad really loves the guitar like he would play it all the time um and then one of my brothers got really into the guitar also and we were all like my dad really cared about music so much that he made us all like we had to learn an instrument in school okay yeah so i picked up the flute but i was really really bad at it yeah um i was so bad that in fifth grade, I got so ashamed of how bad I was that um, I stopped going to like the lessons that I was supposed to have. And I just like my dad asked like when the concert was. And I was like, oh, I'm going. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get in so much trouble because I wanted to go to like the chorus like ones instead because I always like just found singing more natural to me than like playing instruments. Uh, I guess because my mom, like I said, her family was always really into musicals. So I was always like more into that than playing. Like, I don't know where they would expect me to get a classical instrument like from. I don't know about that. With the heavy metal and the musicals, where do you get the flute? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so eventually um, my dad realized how much I really hated the flute. And he's like, OK, fine, you can quit. And I kept playing. I don't don't know how that happened. I ended up getting into like marching band and everything. I didn't march the flute. I marched color guard. But what what is color guard? That's when you're spinning the flags. Yeah. Yeah. Were you in marching band? Yeah, Yeah, dude. I was in marching band. What did you do in marching band? I I played the saxophone. Oh, that's the best instrument. Oh, wow. I mean, I played sax, but this is our favorite guest right here. I didn't. I I don't think I could have played and marched at the same time. Yeah, dude. Oh, no. I couldn't either. Like, there was one time I had tendonitis, so they had me, like, for a parade, march the flute. And I was like, 
literally like having such a hard time like keeping like going with the everyone like i would be so focused on playing yeah. that eventually i'd kind of be like oh my gosh i'm like veering off away from everyone i have <laughs> like, to like get back in line <laughs> right yeah flute's tough too in marching band because like um like i don't know about your school but i remember them being really strict on the flute players like holding their flutes perpendicular like they had to, if they, if at, at all, they like, like it had to be it. that right angle. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, it had to just be like perfect, like flat, like, and you had oh to God. hold your flute up and like, you know, eventually you're on the field, you're sweating, you're marching, you get a little tired. Also their music stand, like it kind of like weighs it down a little bit, right? It would like, okay, so I had one that would like tie onto my arm. But the elastic in it was like so old that it would not keep itself up. It would just keep fall yeah. falling down. And I was like, I can't read this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I played the saxophone. And then later I was like a drum major. I was one of the conductors. I on... tried out for that. Yeah. I, I, I panicked during the audition and started crying. Oh, so I, no. did not, <laughs> I did not get that. <laughs> Stuck to color guard. Yeah. Can't conduct, I guess. Yeah, that one was... Um, that was interesting because you had to kind of be like a, like a band leader, I guess, mm -hmm. and, and lead your peers, which was awkward. <laughs> but it was like nerve wracking too, like getting up, like standing up on the, the podium and like being in front of like all your peers and like doing the conducting. Yeah. But what was cool is you didn't have to learn the marching show. <laughs> yeah and that part was intense so like, it, was all, it was more of a way out yeah oh <laughs> absolutely anything. i was like you know what i'm not marching this year like i have to i have to be drum major like i gotta do it so um yeah yeah i really lucked out on not having to learn like the routine it's um, okay i was really good at marching so, oh yeah you know, it's it, it worked out better i think that i was on the field rather okay. than standing up there conducting I don't think people would have listened to me anyway, because like by my senior year, I feel like my reputation in high school was like not it. Uh, like yeah. everyone thought that I was like lazy and stuff, and I was like, no, 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 you just don't get it. I don't care about school. I care about things outside of school. Right, right. And um, with musicals, did you ever like get involved with any of those? Oh, yeah, you yeah, you yeah. played some. Tell, tell us about that. Um, I wasn't able to ever take like big parts in musicals uh, because I was in marching band and they the schedules overlapped so intensely. But there was one time that I did get a callback for Ursula. Oh, um, wow. So that was a fun one. Little Mermaid, you know? <laughs> I, I think I'm a little too small to have pulled it off, except for they cast a girl who's the exact same height as me huh. at, for Ursula. So I was like, well, I guess they wanted that. Interesting. <laughs> but... Best musical that I've ever gotten to participate in was Newsies. Um, really liked that one. I got to play Spot Conlin, which I think the build up to them saying like, here's the big tough guy coming in. And then it was me, mm -hmm. little tiny person. I think that that was really good. And since you've kind of moved on and you're out here now, you went to mm -hmm. Berkeley School of Music yeah. prior to moving to Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. What, what made you want to go there? Well, I went to a songwriting camp there at one point when I was in high school, and I remember like loving the classes that they were giving like when I was doing that camp so much that one night I was like going home on the bus because I did not spend the money to stay on the campus because I lived an hour away. So I was like, I'll just take the bus every night. Like, that's fine. Um, and I was like at the bus station and I just started crying because of how happy I was to be there. Like I loved it so much that I was like, I have to apply to this school. And so like I applied early admission thinking I wasn't going to get in. And then, you know, I got that acceptance letter and I remember like I was leaving select choir rehearsal and 
I like kind of looked at my phone and saw that like the acceptance letter, which they gave me two because they put the wrong, they like did the wrong name on it the first time. Okay. They like used my legal name. Um, and then the second time they were like, we are so sorry. Here's one with your preferred name. And I was like, I don't care. I got in. That's <laughs> what matters to me. Um, but I like ran back to my uh, chorus instructor and I was like, I got in. Like, this is so cool. She did not seem as enthusiastic about it as I did. She was like, I don't care. <laughs> It, it's funny how like when you actually get to go and study something that you actually want to study, how much different it is being oh my in school gosh, compared yeah. to, you mm-hmm. know, sitting in classes that you have no interest in and have Perfect nothing to do with A's what you're passionate about. college versus like the like C's because I never turned in my homework in oh, high wow. school, you know. Mm-hmm. Were you a good student? Oh, yeah. In high school, dude, I like really pushed myself. Like I had like all A's. Like um, I remember my senior year, I started to like fall off a little bit because um, I was like, uh, like, like A minus. Uh, no, like some B's and C's, but I was like, you know what? Music is the only thing that matters. When I was like 16, that's when I like heard, yeah, like a, like a band came to my school, they performed and I was like, I want to do that. I want to go to that school. Like yeah. that's going to be my life. And so, yeah, I went to, to school for music performance and like had my little audition too. And like, yeah, that, that feeling of like getting in is like, it's uncomparable, like for sure. What what was like the, the the process for you to like get into your school like uh, like the audition process like how was that? Um, it was pretty simple. Like they made me fill out an application before um going into the audition, and then they scheduled my audition. I went in. They were like, "Okay, so you need to sing like a cover of a song, kind of thing." Um, but if you're interested in going into the songwriting program then you should also bring an original, but like you needed to have something that you were covering like first, that was like the most important thing. So that I guess I could like gauge your skills better. Um, so I went in with a song from the Cartoon Network show, Steven Universe. Okay. Um, because I could sing that one really well. Cause I feel like I had sang it so much that I sounded kind of like the character. And so I was like, you know what? We're going to go for it. And I'm going to I'm gonna use that song for it. And I also brought in um, a song that happened to actually be the first single that I ever released, um, Ineffable, was the song that I used as my um, original piece for my audition. And then they also had like an interview process, which uh, was the part that I felt most unprepared for, for sure. Okay. But I feel like I nailed it. So I was like, yes, because <laughs> they just kept asking all the right questions that I was like, I actually have an interesting answer for that. Okay. Hmm. All right. So that was a smooth transition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. And like while you're studying at school, um, what made you like come out here? Like what, um, what, what kind of things did you work on at school that prepared you to like pursue music like out of here? So um, my degree was an interdisciplinary degree, which made it so that I had to do production and I had to do business. And then like the rest of it was electives, which I filled my electives with songwriting classes because that was kind of the whole reason why I wanted to go to the school in the first place. But I wanted to be like practical and do the business and production so that I could kind of learn to do things myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the songwriting classes, I had already learned a lot of the techniques prior to actually going to the school because that was like my passion the thing that I was really into so I would watch so many videos and I went to that songwriting camp so I had like been learning the stuff that they teach in those classes but just in like a very compact like short way so they like just kind of like fleshed it out into like a full thing and I was like oh so like I already do that thing 
now I know how to do it better, which was like fun because it made me feel like I was sitting there like, look at me, I already know how to do this. Um, the production, I hated it. That was not for me. I was sitting there like looking at all like the computery things and being like, I don't care about this. Like there is like a critical listening class that um, it was like, I remember one of the lessons was like, when you're sitting here listening to this, where do you hear this in the mix? And I was like, it's to my left i guess like yeah that's where it is i i don't i don't really this isn't for me right. sorry so have other people do that yeah. so that i don't have to worry about it no that's yeah. cool well tell us about um songwriting camp because um i know i have a memory from university where i just had like a single songwriting class and it was like a few months long but that was probably the most memorable like class and like the place that I learned like the most for sure, like in that small amount of time. Um, yeah, I want to hear about your experience in like songwriting camp. That was a really cool time uh, because, okay, so we got placed into like our main classes kind of thing. So like there was a teacher that would like kind of guide us through the whole like week. It was just a week. And she, like we would all meet, like we had a little group that we would meet with consistently with her. And then we also had someone who was a mentor who she had previously gone to Berkeley. And so we would also meet with her. And our, our like for my group specifically, we had so much overlap between those two like groups, except for like one person was somehow not in our like mentor group that was in our like class and like one person that was not in our class but was in our mentor group and I was like that's really unfortunate because like we get to be like this tight bonded like community and then there's like that one person that was left out so unfortunate for them <laughs> um but I don't know we spent like a lot of time just like working on learning how to like write things like via the mentor and also via like an actual teacher and then we also got to like put in elective kind of things of what we wanted to learn more about like more specifically so like uh, one of the ones that I did was like a performance-based class which I remember that girl had us stare into somebody that we had met like two minutes prior like we had us just stare them in the eyes dead si like hmm. dead silent for like two minutes straight and I was just like this is the most uncomfortable thing in my life but hey at least now I have the ability to do this uh-huh do you think that like um uh, like like practicing that or like doing that they were trying to like prepare you to be comfortable with like performance anxiety. For sure, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. It definitely like actually did help a lot, I feel like. Cause now I feel like prior to that, I was always like, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. Like to people whenever like I'd have to make eye contact. And now it's like, look, I'm looking at you right now and I, I'm, there's no problem. Mm -hmm. And what from that, uh, from that camp do you like apply to your songwriting process now? Um, or has it changed? It definitely has changed. It got so much easier after that camp. Um, because before that, I would just kind of be like, I have this idea. Here are words I am saying. Let's find chords to put with it and hope that it sounds good. And then I would kind of sit there and like half the time I'd be like, what on earth did I just write? Um, but like after that camp, I feel like I kind of got a better idea to be like, okay, so this is what I want to do to make a verse. This is what I want to do to make a chorus. And then like, this is what I should be looking for in that chord progression to like tie it all together. Okay, cool. I, I have a question for you now that now that school's done. I know you said you went in, you had your track uh, Ineffable already. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, for me, I'm more of a film background. Mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people, there's always a debate, you know, whether or not, you know, film school is really worth, you know, the cost and all that. You know, a lot of the technical skills are with the information out there nowadays, you can you can learn on your own if you really want to. And, you know, for me, I think a lot of that value comes from the just that collaborative setting, you know, working and networking with other students, yeah. you know, in a in a real life like studio environment, working on projects and, and carrying those relationships forward, you know, working on projects once you get out of school. If you had to pick one thing from going to Berkeley School of Music that you feel like was the most valuable thing you've taken away with you now, what would you say that is? Um, it actually 100% would be the connections. Yeah. Um, without those connections, I wouldn't be in Los Angeles right now. I don't think I'd be doing this at all. Um, because like I said, like I can't produce myself because it's just it doesn't make sense to me. I might have passed the classes with A's, but like it like realistically with I feel like what I learned in those classes, I was still sitting there like, okay, but I don't know how to make my songs sound the way that I want them actually to sound. Like I learned how to do all the things, but it felt like it was all like kind of disjointed because I don't know, I just missed something there somehow. Um, And I think that that's something that kind of comes a little bit like you either have it or you don't kind of thing like that happens sometimes. But like in my English class of all classes, I met someone who is now my producer. Um, Like so I write the stuff, I give them the demo and then I say, this is my idea of what I want this to sound like. Help. Mm -hmm. And like they'll fully flesh it out and make it sound amazing. So if I hadn't, you know, gone to Berkeley and met them in my English class, the weirdest class I feel like of all to like meet someone right. at a music school. Yeah, sure. Um, but like that connection is like what got me out here at all. So well, I know your one of your latest tracks, Life Behind, mm-hmm. was also a, a collaboration. Yes, actually, with my producer, that person I met in English. It class. was that person. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Did you guys write that song together? Yeah, we did. did. Um, It was like the story behind that one is really fun. This is my favorite one to introduce like when I'm playing live because um, basically the two of us actually dated for a while um, and then we moved in together and things kind of went awry and we ended up breaking up. But like we still live together and I kind of looked at them and I was like, hey, do you want to like write a song about our breakup and they were like that sounds like a really bad idea like emotionally can you handle that and i was like yeah i can <laughs> i'm right. gonna write a banger come on <laughs> um and so they started like playing like a little guitar riff thing and i was like i immediately just like kind of like started like spewing the lyrics for the first verse i only got through like two lines like when i first initially was like improvising that mm-hmm. and then i was like yeah, that was really good. Let's go like actually record that. And so then we like kind of sat down and we just like fully fleshed it out. I remember I because like we weren't really on the best terms, even though we were like working together at that moment. I remember I kept insulting their ideas and they were like, they looked at me and they were like, do you not want to do this? And I was like, no, 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 no. Sorry. Let me backtrack. I'm sorry. This is what I meant. And like would say it like in a kinder way, but it was like, I was being so mean the whole time. So it's honestly amazing that we finished it at all and that we still talk. Did you use some of that emotion like in producing the oh, song? Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's where I find is like the um, 
the kind of songs that like your audience like connects to the most is when they can feel like your feelings mm-hmm. in the music. Yeah, they can relate. Mm-hmm. That's it- why I think both of us really like, I think both of us, that's our favorite song that we both have out right now. Um, because like it has that really strong emotion behind it that is so genuine. Yeah. And are you guys continuing to work together moving oh, yeah, forward? Yeah, yeah. Think? yeah. So it's been kind of therapeutic in a way. Yes. Like uh, they were in, so I have a music video that's coming out on October 27th. Awesome. And uh, they were actually in that music video and like we're shooting a music video for them and I'm going to be in that music video. I'm like managing like the whole production of like how that's happening because they looked at me and they're like, I don't know how to do this. And I was like, I got you. So I've been putting together the logistics of it while they're telling me like what they want out of it. Mm hmm. So is that something that you learned like in school or have you just kind of like developed like the skill to to produce music videos like on your own? Oh, I learned learned that at school. Okay. I learned that one at school. Like I took um, an intro to cinematography class as well as a music video editing class. So like I learned kind of like how to do the whole process from that. Okay. Well, what what can we expect to see in the new video? Um, You can see some... Oh my god, it's so crazy, honestly. I don't want to spoil it for all the folks, but I will say that there is a toilet all right. in the opening scene, and there is some fishing out of the toilet. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I want to go back to how you decided to, to move out here. Um, you're originally from Maine, mm-hmm. and you went to school at Berkeley, and now you're like, you stayed in Southern California, right? Yeah. Okay. And then moved up to Los Angeles. Like, what is the difference between, like, the opportunities um, that you may or may not have had um, in your hometown versus, like, today? There is nothing in my hometown. Um, anyone who, like, does music there, they don't know how to, like, record. Like, they can play their instruments pretty well, um, but nobody's, like, passionate about it. Nobody's, like, going for it over there because i lived in like a tiny little little town that has like a population of like five thousand or something like that it's okay. pro- probably less than that honestly but um over here like it's been really interesting being over here and seeing the way that people are like so driven and like really put their all into their projects like everyone out here is like really dedicated artists versus i feel like over in Maine, like the people that I was meeting that were artists were still like, that wasn't their main thing. Like they were um, like business people, like doing whatever it was that they did in their mundane lives. Yeah. I mean, so, so many people out here, like, like yourself, you know, you came here to pursue yeah. this career. So that's what I feel like most people that are out here are doing. Obviously, there's people who that's not what they're doing, but there's a lot of people out here that that is like what they're here for. Mm-hmm. And you said you made a lot of connections, obviously, at school. Mm-hmm. So you don't have you ever felt like you're kind of alone out here or been homesick? Oh, I mean, the first like year that I was here, I felt really lonely and like I didn't know what on earth I was doing. I was like, why am I here? I should go back. Like nothing's happening. But then like everyone that was like in that I had like gone to school with also ended up moving over here. So then it was like, I started seeing them all the time and like we've started like actually doing things and it was like, Oh, never mind, We're good. I just need to wait, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone, yeah. everyone to catch up. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of like when I moved out here, I had known a couple people and I still tried to like go it alone. Like when I got out here and like the first few years were I felt like those same like feelings like, why am I here? Like nothing's moving like as fast as I wanted to. And it wasn't until I started to build those connections with those people like a little bit stronger and start to like work with them on things that made everything like more feasible and like um, like, okay, like this is attainable. Like I can do this. I can live out here and I can do what I love to do. And it's just like about like that network of like, like close friends. I think that's yeah. like the most important thing. And I just called Marcus and I was like, let's do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it should be though. Like, um, but like the thing is, is like, you'll also meet a lot of people who I feel like don't actually want to commit to the things that they say they want to do so mm. it's like you need to find the people who are actually willing to commit have and like, the follow through yeah and you like build your little bubble of like the people that you're like i will work with you because i know you actually want to do it like there's nothing holding you back kind of thing so what are some of those experiences that you think may have like held you back or like some of those obstacles that you had to like jump over well initially i was definitely holding myself back because like I said, like with the whole, I don't want to produce kind of stuff. So that was part of why, like when I initially graduated, I was kind of like, oh my goodness, like what am I going to like do with my life? <laughs> I was like, how am I going to make this like actually happen? So it was really good that like I had Lux um, to be like, oh, hey, I like your music. Do you want me to produce it? They didn't actually even like, they didn't produce prior to that, but they said they want to try. And I was like, go ahead like you have fun with that and they took it and ran with it and made it sound great and I was like okay you understand like what I'm going for so you can keep doing this like I will gladly give you all of my music to produce like no problem and then they started like producing their own stuff too because like initially they hadn't been uh because they just like didn't think that they knew how to do it and then they kind of realized oh wait I can do this so well I mean I think your your music is very uh, there's a lot of storytelling yes of I'm, I'm guessing things that you know and have experienced yes but it, it's very it's also very it's very lyrical i think it's it's so enjoyable right i mean uh my mom's an author so i feel like that probably makes sense that it's like lyrical because she's out there like telling stories and like that's the way that she makes her living and it's like i am her child so makes sense that that would have gotten into my blood and i'd be like yeah i write i might not write books because that sounds really hard I, I don't understand how people can like take a story and like flesh it out into like something that's you know 100 pages minimum kind of thing like i mean mm -hmm. obviously there's shorter books but yeah how often do you read a book that's less than 100 pages how often i don't even do read, read yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> can you read I got me. <laughs> how often do i read at all yeah. <laughs> who's got the time <laughs> well, what do you what do your parents think of all this now that you're out here um, I think that initially my dad was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not going to happen. And like now that he, he's come to like my shows and seen it actually happen. And I think he kind of like shifted her, his perspective and was like, oh, like, that's actually really cool. And it's like, thanks, dad. He doesn't say it. He does not show. He's not like, oh, I'm proud of you. Like ever. Like that's not his thing. It's more subtle. Yeah. But it's like it kind of comes across, I feel like, in his responses when I'll be like, hey, go pre-save this. I feel like, you know, he actually like believes in it that that it's happening now. Nice. Yeah, and my my mom was always so supportive about it. Like she's uh she paid for me to go to college. Like she was willing to put in all of her money for that. So 
Thanks, mom. <laughs> right. Awesome. And uh, you go by Nixie. Mm-hmm. Yes. How how did you how, how did that name come about for you? <laughs> and uh, that's that's your preferred name and and your stage name is that right? Um. So my preferred name. I mean, my friends call me Nikki, but like, okay. I'm not gonna like. Come on, we gotta we gotta have the artist name. Yeah. Right, um, right, yeah. That's the cool name. Come on. <laughs> um. But yeah. So I used to have a boyfriend when I first entered college who. His name had an X in it, and COVID happened, and we got Animal Crossing on his Switch, and we wanted to name the character in a way that would be both of ours' names, so, like, I kind of sat there for a minute, like, playing around, like, combining our names, and then Nixie happened, and I was like, ooh, (laughs) I might not stay with you forever, but I am going to keep that name, like... (laughs) You might not want to hear the story, but I'm going to tell people the story about where they came from, and you're a part of it. Sorry. <laughs> he blocked me on everything, so. Oh, man. Know. Oops. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I know. <laughs> that was a cool name, though. That's the reason why he was in my life, obviously, was just so that I could get that artist <laughs> name. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your album art. Okay. Um, Cartoon Heart, for example. Mm-hmm. Is this something you've created yourself? No, I have this... Um, I actually met her in a Discord server for a band that both of us liked. Okay. Um, we both are really into Beach Bunny, which is like actually like a huge inspiration as to like all of my artistry in general is Beach Bunny. I can like thank them for a lot of things. Um, but so I met this girl, um, Manosphy, in this Discord server, and she would like post her art in the Discord server sometimes, and I was like. Your art is gorgeous. Oh my goodness. Like, do you ever do commissions? And she was like, I don't right now, but like, I can. And I was like, I will commission you to do like album art for me because this is like, your art is so good. So, um, like, she drew out the album art for Cartoon Heart after I told her like what I wanted for it Mm -hmm. and I was just like absolutely floored by how gorgeous it was and then she also did the art for Life Behind um which she did like I gave her probably like a week to do that one and she made it perfect Lux was really picky and so there was like a lot of revisions that she had to do to it okay but like she did that in a week and it's amazing like we gave her the concept and she was done like Honestly, I think it, she honestly finished it in like two days, actually. But it was really short timing and really good art. So proud of her for that one. It's awesome. It sounds like cartoons are like a have had an influence on you. And oh, that yeah. kind of like um, helped shape some of your art. Like what other sort of influences help you like songwrite and create? Cartoons are like super a big part of me. Um, it's a really interesting way to ask that actually because I'm realizing that I okay so I have a plan for like how I want to tattoo my body like I only have one tattoo right now but I have a whole plan for what I want to do um based off of like what I feel like influences me the most actually okay so like this arm is going to be entirely dedicated to like cartoons and stuff so like I only have one right now and it's from the owl house which is like a little cute Disney show and then on this arm I want to have like subtle references to like the musicians that have like inspired me over time uh, so like there will definitely be something for beach bunny on there like i gotta figure that out i don't know what it's gonna be yet because like i said i want it to be subtle okay but it'll be on there somehow and i don't want to do lyrics like i think that that 
people do that all the time, but I'm scared that I'll look back at them and be like, that's cheesy. So like sure. we're gonna we're gonna stray away from that. No lyrics. And then um, for my legs, I have video games because I don't know. There's a lot of video games that like meant a lot to me during my upbringing and stuff. I don't really have as much time for them anymore. Sure. But like I used to competitively play this one uh, mobile game like with a group of people. So it's like that was a huge part of my life. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that competitive game is the reason why my song Lemonade, which is the one that's going to have that music video, mm-hmm. that's the reason why that song exists in the first place. So really, I definitely can thank video games for that. Okay. And then the last one is going to be dedicated to like comics that I've read and love. Um, I very specifically read a lot of webtoons. Okay. Um, and like it's my like background on my phone and everything. So it's like, yeah, of course I have to include that. Like those are like my four things that really inspire me. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. What what would you say is your, your top one in each category? If you had to if you had to list it real quick. So for cartoons, Steven Universe, like that's obvious that's which, the which song you that use I for use. Your yeah. yeah. So okay. that that show means everything to me. Um for music, man, it's really hard because like I said, I have to thank Beach Bunny for like everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like Marina really inspired me to start like back when she was Marina and the Diamonds that she really inspired like I was like I want to be a musician because of her so I would say probably her um for video games man I'm gonna have to go with probably something from cat game that game that I I played competitively it's just a little mobile like game that you're like collecting cats but (laughs) okay I spent a lot of time playing it it, I would have to say that that's, you know, the most important one because obviously that's the one I played competitively. Like I spent so much time doing that and I had like a little community that I like played with and stuff. And then for the comics one for Webtoons, um, probably something from it's this Webtoon called Cursed Princess Club. It's really funny. It's really cute and wholesome. Um, it's about like learning to love yourself even through like, you know, Maybe you don't see yourself as like a perfect person, but the, like having people around you teaching you to like love yourself kind of thing. It's cute. Very cute. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's talk about voice acting a little bit. How did you get into that? Um, so I had always been like with the musicals and stuff. Obviously, I was like acting and stuff and that was just like a normal thing. But there was one specific play that I did in which I was actually just a voice in a character's head. And I thought that that was really cool. Like, I, I was still on the stage and, like, acting and stuff, but, like, I was supposed to be the voice in their head. And I always, like, kind of, like, was attached to that. And I was like, that's really fascinating. I also had a lot of people just, like, my whole life while I was growing up be like, you have a very unique voice. Like, you should get into voice acting. And I was like, yeah. I was like, how the heck am I going to do that? Like, what? But then in college, I had one of my friends was doing a project for school in which they were making a video game together and they needed to like do like the voices for the characters and stuff like that. And so they asked me, they were like, Hey, so I need to like have somebody voice this evil iguana character. Like, do you want to do that? And I was like, that sounds so fun. Are you kidding me? (laughs) 
So I like uh, played this character called Ippy the Iguana. Um, and what, then, What does an evil iguana sound like? Oh, man, it's been so long since I've done the voice. I'm not even sure if I can still do it. But it was kind of like this, like a little bit like throat clenched up, but like pushed up. I don't know how to explain <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, it was very heavily inspired by um, Monsters, Inc., um, the like... Oh, the receptionist? Separate- yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I it know you're talking about. It was very heavily yeah. inspired by that voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, the glasses? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought, I just immediately thought of that when like they were like, oh, so like you're voicing like this evil iguana thing. I was like, her. She has that voice. <laughs> and so I kind of like um, took that and like played around with it a little bit until they were like, that's the one. That was the first thing I ever did for it. But then working with those same people, um, like the same guy who animated that um, video game, uh, he was animating this little show that was like a spinoff, actually, of that game um, called Marcus the Teenager. And I ended up voicing uh, Marcus's older sibling, uh, Sandra, in it. Um, That was really fun because it's basically just my voice, but like a little bit lower. Okay. <laughs> well, what kind of projects do you have coming up? And do you have any like new music that you're going to share? Oh, yeah. I mean, so I have my EP, um, A Tall Glass Of, which is entirely beverage themed. Obviously, you've already heard Chocolate Milk because that was a single that was released for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one is on there. And then um, that song that I mentioned, Lemonade, there's a music video for that one. And then there's another song. Um People can go listen to it and find out what the third one's called. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Well, you uh, have a song that you wanted to share with us called Lemonade, right? Yeah. Can we listen to that really quick? Of course. I'm trying to find a reason that should ever leave my side. But everything I think of only reminds me you must have lied. Nice. That was a clip from Nixie's latest track, Lemonade. Check out the full track. Head over to Nixie on Spotify. Do you have any like live shows like coming up? Um, at the moment, no. I am looking into getting some like live streams um done through Ursa Live, but at the moment, I don't have any specific dates, so nothing that I can share with anyone right now. No. Okay. No worries. Well, where where can people find you? Where can people uh, find your shows when they come up? Um, I post mostly on Instagram. That's the easiest place for me to just like share stuff. Um, that would be Nixie the Fairy, which is N I X X I, and then the Fairy. So, yeah, that's the place for it. All right, cool, cool, Nixie. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast with us. We appreciate you coming out. Yeah, thanks no for coming. Ooh.